0: Thank you for listening to the following films podcast. Today I'm joined by Michael Felker. I had him on the show today to talk about his latest collaboration with Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson. It's the film Something in the Dirt, which just had its premiere at the Sundance Film Festival. The film is very difficult to describe, so I'll go ahead and just go to the synopsis on the Sundance page, uh, because if I tried to explain this, I would probably end up going down a rabbit hole for about 10 minutes or so um, and really get in the weeds very quickly with this. So I'll I'll just leave this to the experts. Uh, Levi has snagged a no lease apartment sight unseen in the Hollywood Hills to crash at while he ties up loose ends for his exodus from Los Angeles. He quickly strikes up a rapport with his new neighbor, John. Swapping stories like old friends under the glowing, smoke-filled skies of the city, one day Levi and John witness something impossible in one of their apartments. Terrified at first, they soon realize that this could change their lives and give them purpose. With dollar signs in their eyes, these two random dudes will attempt to prove the supernatural. Yeah, I mean, that that about sums it up. Um, This was my most anticipated film for Sundance this year, and I was not let down. This is an incredible film. I really loved it. If you haven't seen um, Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson's earlier films, uh, they did Spring and The Endless and several other films are just really wonderful. Check out their stuff. Um, and the film will be released uh, something in the dirt will be released later this year. So when it does come out, make sure you check this one out because um, this is a fantastic film. One of the most original things I've seen in quite some time, and I think you'll really enjoy it. Uh, had a great time speaking with Michael, and I look forward to speaking with him again at some point. All right, hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, big thanks to Fort Worth for letting me use the song at the end, and thanks to Bookmans for sponsoring the show. Hey, how are you today? Good. How you doing, Christopher? I'm good. So sorry about that. That I was running a few minutes behind there. I was just having a tech issue. As no is worries. The- always seems to be the the case these days. Uh, Two years of it, and I haven't figured out shit. So sorry about that.
1: You know, I'm a tech guy, and I literally (laughs) an hour ago just stumbled on something, and I'm like, I've never seen that before. So tech issues are... All around us.
0: Well, yeah, there was, um, I'm not a tech guy, but I just found out that you can automatically join audio. I've been doing this for two years on Zoom and I had no idea that you select this little button. So yeah, I didn't know either. So I just learned something. Yep. There you go. Go down to the bottom. So um, they, I'm so excited to talk to you about this film. This is the one out of everything playing at Sundance this year. This is the one I was looking forward to the most Yes. and I was so not let down. this because i to see this listed as a comedy and to know their work and to have interviewed them before and to be like okay what kind of comedy would this be and then (laughs) oh of course this is the comedy that they would make this made perfect sense once i saw it so congratulations (laughs) man! it's a great film
1: oh thank you yeah it's definitely that unique brand of humor like that's the kind of stuff (laughs) we joke about all the time in post-production. So I'm glad it came
0: through. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, this is something I would love to see this with an audience that I'm really sad I didn't get to see it with people um, yet. Um, But when you have the, what was it? The geometry of magnetism written in Esperanza as kind of one of the center points of this film. (laughs) That's the kind of joke that I'm, I don't know what percentage with the Venn diagram overlay for that people that'll that'll land on, but the people that it does, they're going to love it.
1: Oh yeah. There's definitely very specific, like little call outs for those people who are into that kind of thing. And then right afterwards, you literally have something that's a little more broader, which is like the, am I like about, am I having like a psychotic breakdown after that to pick up on? So it's, we we kind of, I wouldn't say it's like a shotgun blast of humor, but we definitely <laughs> are just trying to have as much fun as possible with everybody.
0: Well, it's, it's all over the place and you're, Tonally, just the editing plays such a huge role in this. There's so much of the, it's always that way um, in storytelling and holding on a beat for longer. But really, the editing plays a really crucial role into seeing the psychology of these two characters. Was that something, clearly something you guys were talking about in the construction of this piece?
1: Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was something when they approached me, they were like, look, we have this script. I didn't even know if the title was even landed on yet, but I think they were like hovering around something in the dirt. And when they approached me that it was unlike anything they've ever done before. And that it's like a documentary, but a little crazier than that. And I was like, what does that mean? And he's just like, it's kind of hard to describe. We don't even know what genre or tone clips we can even pull to make whatever we're doing. Just read the script and hopefully you're on board. And I read it and I was like, well, this is, Bad shit crazy, I am in, and yeah, the rest was history.
0: Well, when you get to the first cutaway, and I'm sure there were giveaways before this point, but I didn't pick up on it right away, and I'm looking forward to going back to see, watching this again, but I I read nothing about this. Just the, I saw the title, saw the image, saw comedy, and I I was on board. I didn't want to know anything else about it. And so I had no idea this was going to be a pseudo-documentary with reenactments built into it (laughs) Actors with it. And when you get to that first cutaway of the talking head, I'm like, the hell is going on? What what, is this that I'm watching right now? And it's just it's something that is so jarring and off-putting and in such a wonderful way, where it's just I always tell myself, I want something different, I want something unique, I want to see something I haven't seen before. And goddamn it, it nailed it. So
1: (laughs) thank you. Thank you. No, that part is was one of the sections we just had to finesse the most because it's just like, all right, we literally have two scenes that are pretty normal. Mm -hmm. We want people to kind of get their footing a little bit. And then when that cutaway to the chemist happens, you're immediately thrown off. You're like, (laughs) I have no idea what the rest of this movie is. And I'm super excited for what they're going to do now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And it's just, it's such a uh, tonally, it's such an interesting piece because it's so, it's consistent with itself and yet consistent with nothing else i've seen before if that makes sense <laughs> that's
1: the perfect way to describe
0: it yeah <laughs> it does you know it's it's kind of like if a movie establishes rules and then it breaks its own rules it's really that's very frustrating but if you set up this world and i don't care what's happening in that world as long as it's consistent with itself it's great and i'm on board for anything that's the suspension of disbelief i'm willing to give to anybody. And I think that you do the most out of that and use that as much as you possibly can and push (laughs) push it as close to the line of like, of revolting the person, the audience against it that you can, but still not doing it. Oh yeah. No,
1: it was definitely like, because we had such a hard time figuring out what the comps were when coming up, when like, when we were figuring out the editing style, like we really just had to be like, oh my God, let's just try as many little things we can and we'll hopefully in the post-production find what it is feeling like as it goes along. And it ends up being just closer to the crazy conspiracy things you would just see on YouTube going down too many rabbit holes, you know?
0: And how many of, because at first when I'm watching this, I started thinking, excuse me, some of these cutaways that feel like stock footage are things that you created and how much of them are things that you created? Cause it's not obvious. And it starts to feel like this is something that's just a random image that you pulled. And then you start to realize, no, no, this is something that was actually designed. And it, it's pretty impressive that you pulled that off.
1: We, we, uh, it was, you kind of have to treat the edit process with this like half narrative, half documentary where you're just mm. like, all right, we, as we were editing scenes our our poor, but awesome producer Dave Lawson, had to work overtime to be like, all right, if we're keeping this image, we just pulled from this thing. I have to go figure out how to get the rights for it. And, and if we, cause we like in the edit, we were just like pulling anything from the internet, just even stuff that's like that you see now that is like crazy visual effects and mm-hmm. whatnot. We had other templates, placeholders for that. And when, <laughs> when Dave had to go and like hunt down being like, no, you have to hunt down, that end credit video where literally everyone's playing theremin like dolls. We were just like, we can't recreate that. You got to do that. But the rest of it was like just a great team of people that.
0: Yeah. Okay. The, 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 that you, I wouldn't have brought that up, but that <laughs> end credit scene, what is that? Where did you find that? That is a movie unto itself. Just whatever the hell was going on in that room that day.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I guess I, not to get too into spoilers, but I guess it's not really spoiled. and no,
0: I, I don't I think this film is actually spoiler proof. I think you <laughs> and I could go through this entire movie beat by beat and not capture the experience of watching this movie. i don't I don't think it's possible, honestly,
1: oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, no, so like that 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 specific one is very funny because when in the editing process, we were editing remotely, we had to share a big giant Google sheet of like every scene and then what possible like assets we would want to use. And then those links to those assets, where to find them so Dave could look and get the right stuff. And we, but they were like Aaron and Justin and I were also just like looking on the internet for anything that would work. And then Aaron and I both separately found that video and were are just like, did you see this thing? It's like going perfectly with our ending. We have to get it. And then Dave is just like, Oh God, I have to find who this person is for this random YouTube like concert. Like it's crazy. Whoa.
0: What does your YouTube Google search history look like? And are you on an FBI watch list at this point in time? <laughs>
1: Uh, it's screwed completely. Uh, I cannot use that one anymore because my search algorithm is just like, just a mess, a mess of stuff. I'm like, I'm never going to look at that again, but I had to look at it like 10 times. Like I had to look up lobster footage for so long.
0: Oh my God. Of course. Yeah. Of course you would have. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And I did feel kind of a little crazy, especially when I'm, I literally edited it right here. And going through YouTube wormholes to find these specific assets to add to this Google sheet, I felt like one of them. I felt like John or Levi.
0: That you were, what part of this is reality anymore <laughs> and how much of this is am I actually editing a movie right now or have I just completely snapped from reality and I'm working on a project that doesn't actually exist kind of thing?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. You kind of like, and that flows in the edit pretty well. That's why I'm incredibly proud, more proud about this movie than any of the other projects I've worked with them on. I've done, this is my fourth movie I've edited with them, but this one, like just my, I blood, sweat and tears from being editing remotely in the pandemic has come through in this edit. And, uh, I think it plays very well. And well, all comes of, across.
0: you should be proud of all the work that you've done together, honestly, because I think that the work you've done is really impressive. And, um, this is one time though, where it's, Knowing that I was speaking to you, I was focused on the editing and watching that. And watch normally, I would just try to let it walk, you know, kind of wash over me and not really pay attention to it because that's not how you should watch a movie. Um, if you're watching it thinking about sound design, then you're not into the movie, you're one kind of one foot removed from it. But even that, like while I was doing that and afterwards going through some of my notes and thinking about The Endless and these other films, that they were way different in their construction and you know, the. There were times when the endless had these longer moments, but there was a lot of it that was rapid fire in the editing, but you would absolutely dwell in these moments for, I think two or three times, as long as you ever dwell on anything here, it doesn't have that frenetic. I mean, (laughs) considering you had like a death cult and somehow you made a movie, just put those two in an apartment and it was creepier in a way more unhinged, if that makes sense.
1: I mean, I guess it goes to that old saying where it's like the less that you have, the more creative you're going to be. Like I, like when you get reach limitations, like the old example is the shark not working in Jaws. Yeah. You have to be like more creative on and on your toes about what to do. And so that just kind of like unlocked another thing in the boys' mind that allowed me to open my mind the same way to the point where we're just like, Cackling remotely and Zooms as we're watching like cuts and scenes that were just like typing in Google Docs, just being like, that was crazy. Like, so yeah, it was, it was awesome.
0: So then, with that in mind and the psychological toll this has taken on you after this, are you just wanting to do like a stand up comedy special or <laughs> like something? You're like, just put it on sticks and leave it alone and come back and third, like maybe an industrial video at this point.
1: I mean, i mean uh, i'm not the kind of guy who counts their chickens for the hatch but i'm like literally just locking in in like pretty soon this feature the next feature i'm editing is not with the boys but with uh, somebody else uh this movie is designed to be one shot (laughs) so
0: like i
1: it's a different muscle but it's like oh man there's no way i could get away with like 20 cuts so
0: (laughs) so that's the uh the rope method of hiding the cuts kind of thing. And like
1: working more with the director in like how he paces, like it's a lot of, it's a lot more rehearsing and a lot more planning the edit while you shoot it. So it's just like, all right, where can the camera linger longer, where it needs to go a little faster? Because once you're locked in with that shot, you're like, well, there's only so much I could do if you're trying to uh, execute in this way.
0: No, that, that makes perfect sense. And that's the, I mean, your cut time is on average here is probably a a second and a half or so. How many cuts were in this thing?
1: Oh, man, I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) It got to the point where it's just like I, the boys, because like, you know, both the boys and I like edit the movie and then sometimes they would take it for like a week and then I would see the cut and then mess with it more. And sometimes I'd just be like, whoa, what happened with this scene? And he's just like, I found something. And it was that's like the coolest thing about editing with these guys is that you have a lot of like, I wouldn't say jazz, but you have a lot of back and forth of just Mm -hmm. being like, hey, I figured out something with this scene that makes it tighter, but also like goes down this rabbit hole here. And then you just show each other and you have an awesome discussion about where it leads and how it can expand the movie.
0: Are you doing this? at the same time, like working on the same scene and coming together on it? Or is it something where you're parsing it out and saying you work here, you work here and we'll kind of meet in the middle somewhere?
1: All of it. So like, uh, I'm usually the first one to just get my hands on it. I usually give them the full rough, which the rough cut for this movie was three hours and 45 minutes. So there's a lot lot that's not in the movie that you guys didn't see. Um, But then they would take it, you know, after that and then really start to you know, figure out where, what stuff worked, what stuff didn't work, what stuff like sparked some more ingenuity. And then they pass it back to me. I mess with that a little more. And then once we'd done, like each had our own time with the movie, we all kind of come together. And then I'm at the home, like a traditional editor director thing, where they're just like, try this, try this, try this. And that was tricky, obviously, because we were, I think we only sat down together in person once. And that's when we were walking some.
0: Today's episode of the following films podcast is brought to you by Bookman's. So the last time I went into Bookman's, I was still in the mood to think about films uh, that have been nominated this year for Oscars and so I started thinking about getting a book that was something about a film maybe that had been nominated in the past and I came across The Disaster Artist which the book uh, version of it, James Franco made a film of it, a film adaptation with his brother uh, Dave, I think it was in 2017 and that film was nominated for a couple Oscars I believe. and. I'd never read the book. I saw the movie The Room that this is based on, but I never saw the book that this film was based on, so I decided I wanted to go back and read this. And damn, I'm really glad I did, uh, because it's such an easy, entertaining, fun read. Um, I read it in the course of about two days, and it's really kind of interesting to spend this much time in the world of The Room, because if you've seen The Disaster Artist or you've seen the film itself, um, you know that it's one of the worst films ever made, or at least that's the general perception of it. There are people that genuinely enjoy this movie. Um, I'm not sure if anyone enjoys it without some ironic disposition, um, but if you ever have a chance to watch this film when they start screening things in person again um, with an audience you can't help but laugh. It's a fun time watching this movie with a crowd. It's such a bizarre, clueless film that you've never seen anything like it. Uh, the dialogue doesn't make any sense. It's Some of the shots are put together in a way that just it, it defies any logic that you've seen before. And th- it honestly makes the Ed Wood films look competent in comparison. So it's definitely something worth checking out. And If you haven't seen The Disaster Artist, the James Franco film, it's fantastic as well. Um, But this book that uh, Greg Sestero wrote about the making of it, about his relationship with Tommy Wiseau, um, and kind of the mystery surrounding him, how old he is, uh, where did he get all the money to self-finance, this $6 million disaster uh, that was The Room, it's just a fascinating read, and it's honestly, it's one of the better books I've read so far this year. I just had a great time with it, and it's something that will definitely be staying uh, staying on my shelf for years to come, because this is one that I'm sure I'm going to want to revisit. And that's one of the great things about going to Bookman's, because every time I go in there, there's always something like this on one of the shelves, something that I haven't read before, something that I haven't seen before, something that I maybe didn't even know that I needed or wanted. Um, Keep in mind, Bookman's, they always have your cool covered. Hope you enjoy the rest of the show. Thanks.
1: I think we're all locking like the Sundance cut or something. Um, so. So like, is
0: this the final cut of the film then that will be the release cut yeah. at this point? Okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, unless there's something I don't know about like, <laughs> no, this, this is the, this was the one where we were like, all right. And the one we sat down with was the one where we we're like, all right, let's try uh, to see how all the pieces fit together. Now we had like final assets, final visual effects and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. I was going to, I was going to say it definitely, I would hope that it wouldn't be any less because this is, one of those movies that I I seldom see a movie that is two hours long, just shy of two hours long, that feels as tight as this does. As meandering as this film can be at times, it still doesn't feel like there's a lot of fat on here. None of this feels unnecessary, which is so weird to say about something that's really satire about like, <laughs> it, to me, it feels, and I guess I just started going down my own internal rabbit holes of thinking about where we are politically as a country and these things and what YouTube videos and how that's had an effect on the country. And then you see that in credit sequence where it's almost saying, Hey, by the way, if you took this too seriously, you weren't supposed to, and it feels like it's, <laughs> it's all, it's all wrapped up for you. We didn't take it seriously. I hope you didn't either. And it feels like it's all coming together. So, um, but yeah. it still feels very tight. if thought, Sorry to ramble a little bit.
1: No, no. I ramble too, as you can tell already. Uh, no, it's it's the tightest movie I think I've done. And, and you know, it's still like, you know, like a little under two hours, which is a little beefy for that kind of thing. But like conspiracy videos tend to ramble down r- like yeah. rabbit holes to the point where you're just like, I don't know when this is going to end. And if you think about it narratively, the movie itself had quote unquote six editors and there's no thread that, the, there's no like end goal in sight at that point in the movie. Like, you know, it gets spoiler territory for that, but like, you know, it gets, it's, it's in the narrative being like, yeah, these guys are lost too. And the edit's a little lost and that's all by design.
0: And well, that, that's what's so fascinating about this film is that you could really, <laughs> I don't think that it's necessarily ambiguous, well, yeah, no, it, it is ambiguous in certain ways where you could project a lot about what you're seeing as what is this, is this reality that was happening in the moment or is this a recreation? I understand limitations of what they're doing that they, these two couldn't have pulled off what I'm seeing. So that has to be reality because I don't think those two could figure out how to wipe down a lens, let alone make this like happen <laughs> on screen. So there's that kind of removal from it, but it really does feel like something that, there's times where it is you're just seeing into the psychology of them as opposed to a literal moment.
1: Yeah, because like I think when the when Justin wrote the script and when the boys kind of came together and we we're cracking this movie, we had all just been through like the pandemic. Like we were we're we're in the middle of it in a lot of ways, and it, it you know it's not a pandemic movie, but it's about the people who went through something like the pandemic where you're like you're alone and you're isolation. Yeah it's isolation and it's the what what is my purpose now what is my drive in life if i'm stuck with nothing else happening in my life and that's why you know that's why they both are kind of led by these like threads of like the hope of like selling a documentary for rich and fame
0: for 10 million dollars for 10 million dollars <laughs> and that sounds that sounds that sounds a little bit light though
1: <laughs> yeah and that's the and, and if anything when we were shooting that that's the thing we kind of really latched onto, and especially when editing... Like, I was editing, like, Ari the movie right when they were when they were still shooting uh, remotely is that it was just an excuse for us to really come together and make movies again because we all missed each other and we consider ourselves family. And that was always at the heart of making this movie and seeing, like, what isolation could do and bring people together.
0: Yeah, no, no, no. And I, I would... There's a part of me that's that every once in a while I'll see something that speaks to the tormented 15 year old in me. And I never mean that as an insult because that idea of isolation and being alone is something that I felt very heavily at that point in my life, where I, you know, when you're just figuring out who you are and you're trying on different affectations and haircuts and trying to find your way in the world and trying to figure out what does it mean to be me. And it's usually for me personally, it was a lot of like, okay, I am defined by the music I like and by the films I like. And it was a lot about what I was taking in as opposed to what I was putting out. And I think that's a part of aging. And I felt like this movie was dealing with a lot of those kinds of things, that sort of isolation and that sort of input versus what you're giving back to the world um, element to it. And I, I'm really hoping that you know teenagers discover this movie because this is like this would have been a warm blanket at that age. I would have completely connected with this. I think.
1: Oh man, I know me and I'm I'm from Alabama, so all of my guys <laughs> from Alabama who would have seen this movie would have just been like, oh man, we're putting this on. Yeah. Every Friday when we like hang out and do teenage shit when <laughs> we're like. <laughs> being assholes. And yeah. we would watch this movie and be like, fuck yeah, man, this is movie rules. So I, yeah, I hope the same for sure.
0: And then is this, um, is this something that you would want to go into another project like this, where you're doing a limited story? I mean, I guess you are with your next thing you're doing limited storytelling by your choices um, where you're doing, if you're doing invisible editing at that point, that's really about as limited as you can be because everything becomes in support of that conceit while trying to serve, serve us a story at the same time, that seems like that would be a really daunting task to take on to me.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I always love something new that challenges me in the post-production. And with this, it's this manic JFK style, like paranoia, like Mm -hmm. conspiracy thing. And that one is a little more, the, the next one is a little more elegant and free flowing and real time. And I feel like these limitations make these movies more special than if I were on something a little more broad and bigger because there's a lot more bases that need to be covered with like bigger budgets and you're less, you're, you're, you're less inclined to experiment and you're a little more restrained on what you could do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I I know we're getting close on the time that we're talking about, but I, you worked on spring, right? I did. Okay. I think needs to be recognized for being such an incredibly innovative film that did something early on that a lot of people hadn't figured out yet. Um, and nobody, you can, t- you can see it now in almost every movie, but at the time nobody did it with um, the way you were using drones in that movie <laughs> was something that was incredible because you would use that for the flight. And it was just, how the fuck are these guys pulling this off at first? It was just, now you would just assume that and get that. But like, I, th- I, probably wrong about this but you're deaf that was one of the early adopters of using drone photography
1: it was pretty early i so i was on there they had a short that they did right before that for vhs viral bone storm and they had brought on our, our friend um uh will Sampson. he is like at the time in 2012 or 2013 he was operating drones a lot and that was starting to become a thing he invested in a good drone practiced it and then used it and then Aaron saw some of the footage and loved it so he used it for one shot in Bone Storm I think believe it's to emulate a helicopter looking down on stuff okay um and he liked that so much they brought Will on to uh do a lot of the cam- uh, extra camera stuff like camera operating stuff for Aaron uh on Spring and he brought his drone and that's where you know will was able to take off and aaron was able to like run around with him in italy and just point to where to, where to go and yeah they they well, had a great time with that
0: and and that kind of brings it back into this with something that i did want to ask about And I'm, there are helicopters in the film and they're these guys are so good at special effects that i don't know if they're doing visual effects for that if it's a drone and if it's a combination of this cuz there's a shot that has you pan up and you see the mountains on fire, there's smoke rolling off of it and there's helicopters going. And I can't figure out where it's ending and beginning with that. And it's a great looking shot, but
1: I mean uh, I'm going to butcher his name. Cause I I've only met him occasionally on zoom, but um, Alden, the VFX uh, uh, whiz that's on this movie, he um, he came in and did a lot of, amazing work and he and one of the things he was doing was that helicopter on the fire uh but there's like helicopters at the end yeah that of the movie not to spoil anything but those are vfx that's just Aaron running outside with a cell phone and trying to capture something (laughs) that was on his lawn he was like this is it for the movies (laughs) uh and um so it's like the mixture of real and vfx is was so key to this movie that I think he did a fancha- uh, fantastic job, really making you question whether something was practical or not.
0: Oh, it, it, it's the, like you those two things right there, where you have completely um, invisible special effects next to a cell phone camera going outside and trying to. There's not many movies where you could say those are both valid pieces of a film, <laughs> and goddamn it, man, this is it's just something I'm so excited about and i and i'm really looking forward to a wider audience being able to see this because you got something special here man
1: oh man same i cannot wait to be in a theater to see this with like a crazy audience that is hungry for this kind of stuff because i think it would go over so well
0: (laughs) are you gonna have a theatrical release then is that the
1: yeah it seems like it's the plan i i mean you know xyz is been great to the boys for so long and they're distributing the movie too now so it's i'm excited to see what they're able to do with the movie as, as we they start rolling it out there more and more
0: it seems like things are starting to hopefully calm down for a minute so it might just be that game of double dutch where you get to jump in at that you know two month period before shit starts up again
1: yeah <laughs> we'll yeah. come
0: back out to the theaters for a minute so
1: <laughs> absolutely no i i hope i hope people can go see it in a the theater for sure
0: yeah I, I i there's not many that i go back to see again um there's just so many new things coming out all the time but this is one i would absolutely go back and gladly give over money to see this with a group of people again so um congratulations on the phone, michael you did, did such a great job It was so nice to speak with you so yeah thank you here, christopher thank you so much it was fun to chat yeah you as well take care man all right take care bye uh, bye bye <laughs>